Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 83, day 130 here in the Zem Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the coveted Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. And how are you tonight, Tommy? Libidiqua. Libidiqua? Libidiqua. What is Libidiqua? I'm mean? about to tell you because I think it's a stroke of genius. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, what do I want to say? TikTok. Yes. All right. I love TikTok. It's very funny. Do you have a TikTok account? No, I do not. I didn't expect that you would. So people post, you know, videos of themselves, short videos of themselves. Right. Okay. And people can, they have this feature where you can respond to them, where you can play the video and then video yourself responding, responding to, their video. to their video. Okay. okay. So that's one of those. Oh my God. And it's this girl who I suspect might have been a lot. Okay. Did you watch Mrs. Maisel? Yeah, I still watch. Picture Susie. Okay. Young. Okay. Okay, that energy, that sort of person. And she's responding to another woman, and the woman, the other woman used the term libidiqua. And this girl and me, at least two of us, think it's the most brilliant thing in the world. Libidiqua, you want me to spell it for you? Yes. L G B T Q. That's great. It's awesome, isn't it? That's great. I hate the L. I hate the alphabet thing. I hate the letters thing. I have because <laughs> it sounds fancy. <laughs> yes, it does. It's not offensive. <laughs> I like that. A I lot. like it. Yeah. So libidiqua. So you're feeling very libidiqua. I learned today. a new word. It's fun. Libidiqua. You know, you sort of that's that's fun. I think that's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. Oh my god. So I mean, so it can get widely used. Okay. <laughs> So what do you got? What's going on? What's going on? Nothing. We saw a play this weekend at the Hard Scrabble Theater. Okay. Oh, that was uh, Sweet Surrender. Sweet yes. Surrender. Yes. It was, a, it was a farce. American farce. Okay. okay. And it was actually it was quite enjoyable. Okay. It was nice to see a farce done by people who know how to perform and direct a farce. A farce. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen some farces that are downright awful. Yeah. This wasn't. This was actually good. It was a good, solid cast. We really enjoyed it. And our friend Linda Gog was in it. This was her final Long Island performance. Before Why? She is moving out west, she and her husband, to be closer to her children. Okay, good for her. So we're going to miss Linda quite a bit. Where's she going? I'm not sure exactly if it's Michigan or Wisconsin. I'm not sure exactly. Okay. But we wish her well. All right. Good luck to you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Foster's is hard. Yes, they are. But no, they did a really, really good job. I was very impressed. It's the closest thing you come to choreography outside of choreography itself. Yeah. Is a farce. Yep. And they had a great set. I got to say it because oh. it's a small, I mean, the theater itself, it's like a gymnasium stage. That's what okay. it looks like. But they had this big, beautiful pink set for this hotel suite. Okay. Looked great. Looked really, really good. How many doors? Oh, got to be like three or four doors, yeah, I had think. Yeah, doors, had to be at least. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it was really good. I really enjoyed that a lot. So. Yeah, good, yeah. Yeah. They're fun because they, they make you, the, usually the plot lines are ridiculously obvious. Yes, exactly. 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 So you can't rely on that. You, well, you rely on it being like the audience uh, enjoys being a step ahead of you. Of course. No, the audience is in on it. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. in on it. And it's ridiculous and it's fun and nobody... Yeah, it's just... it's. Uh, I, I like it. Well, good. Shall we move on to our first segment then? It's the dogs. Mm. <laughs> I didn't like 
like that. Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. That Area 51 sound effect that happened in the middle of that? I, I didn't hear that that was them. It suddenly became sort of alien sounding <laughs> and electronic. Maybe they're aliens making out. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, I don't know, offensive. <laughs> so what do we got? We got a, What do we got? Well, we have a bit of news which just came out last night. The winner, news? The winner of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Okay, who was it? What did they do? It was a dog known as a petite Bassett Griffin Vendine. It's the first of its breed to win this prize. Its dog's name was Buddy Holly. Let me see. Would like to see a picture? Oh, no, I'm dead. It's actually considered a hound, believe it or not. I don't know. Yeah, it's it was developed in this it's... region called Veni or Venier region of France. Okay. That's where it's from. But Cute that was the shit. winner. Looks right? sort of like a Shih Tzu-y with a long nose. That's like, that's that's the sniffing part. Right? I mean, that's what makes him a hound. Yeah. Oh, he's cute. He's right? cute. Right, he is. a cute dog. Yeah, I like that dog. Really is. So I like con- that congratulations dog. Congratulations to Buddy Holly. Get? That I don't know off the top of my head. I can find out if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they grow to about 13 to 15 inches high. Okay. They have a medium to rough coat medium length rough coat and they can be white with any combination of lemon orange black tricolor or grizzle markings okay so and they the, have a lifespan slightly over 10 years. The white is the thing there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, like that. And what are they? They hound for shit. What are they looking for? Uh, well, they're like, they were they were considered scent hounds. Scent hounds. They hunt, hunted by scent, yeah. Okay, so they were hunting. Yes, okay. originally that's what they were bred for, was hunting. Free range hunting by scent. Yep. Did they ever catch anybody? I don't know. And they must have. I'm sure they did. Uh, yes. But that's okay, kill it. That dog's going to go find it and bark. Well, yeah, it's not going to kill unless it's a smaller cre- animal or creature than the dog itself. And it probably would have to piss it off. Y- yes, I would imagine that. But yeah, I don't. I couldn't imagine it actually going after a large animal, you know? No, no, not at all. Not when it only grows to 13, 15 inches high. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it looks like that. Right? Exactly. But yes, congratulations to Buddy Holly. Sadly, after the dog show, he and some other dogs got on a plane to go to another dog show and the plane crashed. Are you kidding? I'm serious. That's I'm only a kidding. Lie. I'm only kidding. I said that because it's Buddy Holly. Oh, see, I'm behind <laughs> socially. Oh, my God. I totally missed it. Can't sorry. believe it. You ruined my joke. I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm Louise. Sorry. I totally did that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we return this week back to our Dictionary of Dogs, our canine compendium. All right, starting in A. Oh, yes, we are. The letter A. All right, we got A, B, Abigail Von Poopy Pants. We got <laughs> a, a, okay, Afghan Hound. Yes, you cheated. I saw the picture of the Afghan Hound. <laughs> oh, that's how you cheated. Um, yeah. Bastard. I'll bring the picture back up. Yeah, they're interesting dogs. Yes, they are. Dis- distinguished by its thick, fine, silky coat. And a tail with a ring curl at the end. It is bred in the mountains of Afghanistan. That's why they call it an Afghan hound. Yes, exactly. And it's the dog that, if you see it, they often use it as a joke because its hair grows very long. And oh, no, I mean, look, look, look at the coat on this thing. It's like... No, out of his head. Like, they'll have the dog sitting in a car and take a picture of the back of the dog's head, and it looks like a long-haired blonde chick. Right, Okay. Like when it's like blowing back in the wind. Yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. And you look forward, it's got this long ass snout, and it looks like you farted. Yeah, they're they're regal. They're tall. Well, they're they're very old dogs. They uh, were brought to England in the 1800s by army officers returning from India. 
Yeah, trying to get their wives to make their head look like that. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? They used to be originally used for hunting, but now they're not used for that, although they are occasionally used in the sport of lure coursing. What did they hunt for? Well, um, well, that's a much bigger dog. Yeah, so I'm assuming it hunts for any variety of animals okay. back then. But that, that dog may attack. That dog may, may be able to take down, like, a badger. Ye well, yes, it, it probably could. I would say, considering the size of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the, the, the temperament of the hound can be aloof and dignified, yeah, but it is cool. also happy and clownish when playing. I knew two aloof and 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 th that type. But it's also consistently ranked among the least obedient dog breeds. Yeah, because... So if you're going to own one, you have to spend a lot of time training this dog. Then they don't give a shit anyway. And then lastly... Louis a lot like that. Pablo Picasso made a statue... That he said represented the head of an Afghan hound. Would you like to see this statue? Sure, I love it. Let's see if uh, you agree. It looks like the head of an Afghan hound. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. No. Who's the artist with, with Pablo Picasso? Well, you know it's not going. To, he made this in nineteen. He, he made this in nineteen sixty-seven. It's a statue. And that's the statue. It's called the Chicago Picasso. Okay, I can't see it very good because it's far away and I'm over here. Well, that's about as big a picture as I can get. I'm not see, grunting. Yeah, that's oh, okay. The light. That's, uh, uh, okay, uh, and that's supposed to be what? That's supposed to be the head of an Afghan hound. The head hound. of an Afghan hound. Trying to get my bear. I'll, I'll put it on our bonus material. Our viewers can decide for themselves. Yeah, no, clearly it's, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, but I'm trying to see what it even is. Well, it's got like... Is that, is it made of steel? I guess it, yeah, I would assume it's made of steel. Ah, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. He did a Picasso, for fuck's sake. Yeah, what did you expect? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> So go ahead, move on. I don't even need an explanation. Oh, okay, fine. That I was, will move on then. You just have to accept that it's who it was and believe it and move on. All right, so we will move on then okay. to our very next segment, your favorite. The birthday. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. Dead people on parade. Actually, because there are f five of them today. Oh, you're not going to do five. We're going to go through them really quick because okay. they're all involved in music oh, in one way or that's another. That's a good through line there. I like what you did. Exactly. So I'm going to go with the very first one who was the dead one. He was born Frederick Austerlitz in You're Nebraska. Gonna go, are you going to go oldest to youngest? Well, yeah, I'm going with the oldest first. Okay, and this is who? He was born in uh, May 10th, 1899 in Nebraska. His name was Frederick Austerlitz. And he and his sister became performing in vaudeville. Let's see if you recognize his voice. Oh, yeah. That's Fred Astaire. That is indeed Fred Astaire. And music and love and romance. Let's face the music and dance. Yeah, yeah, Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Oh, wow. Good for him. Definitely regarded as the greatest popular music dancer of all time. What was his name? Frederick Austerlitz. Austerlitz. That was his birth name. Yep. Okay. Happy birthday. Yeah, I know Fred Astaire pretty well. I, I uh, yeah. I thought, For I, those of you who don't know his films, just go on to Turner Classic Movies. You're bound to find one. Because he his his career spans 76 years. And the influence he had. He starred in 10 Broadway and West End musicals. He made 31 musical films and 4 te television specials. Smoothest dancer ever. Yep. And of course, his most the, memorable partner was Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers. So he made 10 films. His favorite was his sister Adele. 
Yep. He also loved dancing with Rita Hayworth. Yeah. He danced with everybody because oh, yeah, everybody he did. wanted to dance with him. But this, he, there's a style that you, you, when you say like a stare, people suddenly know what that means. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural reference. It's, exactly. It's, a, it's a, like a, a bold point. His, this, I know dozens of ridiculous, stupid stories that don't mean anything, but the, he was responsible, not responsible, but he insisted that the photography always be from head to toe. There's yes. no close ups of him. No, dancing. not at you all. Always see him from from head to toe, him and his partner from head to toe in, uh, there's like no editing. Yeah. You know, they may use four cameras, but it's always head to toe. And so you could see the way he was moving. Yeah. Holy shit. It's, it's amazing. There's a control there that is. Oh my God. Just fantastic. Yeah. And I know people always compare him, of course, to Gene Kelly. Well, Gene Kelly had the ass of God. Like, he, him in those costumes in Paris. And plus, he was more trained in ballet. He, he, was, was, a, he was a different kind of dancer more than, athletic. than Astaire. He was more athletic, but Fred Astaire was... About, if you're talking about movement, you know, the movement of a body through space. Um, not, there's Fred no Astaire, one like Fred Astaire. No, Fred, and the choreography. The choreography was always brilliant. Oh, of course, right? Brilliant. Really was. For both of them. So, yes. Yeah, so. Happy birthday, Fred Happy Astaire. Happy birthday, Fred Astaire. When was he born? 1899? 1899. Wow. Yeah, and he died. Um, oh, I didn't write down when he died. Oh, well. Jesus. Oh, who cares? <laughs> we now move on to our next birthday celebrant. He was born May 10th, 1946 in Scotland. Okay. He began playing guitar at age 14. He released his first album in 1965 and was criticized for sounding too much like Bob Dylan. For Bob Dylan. He then released his third album in 1966, which was more psychedelic rock oriented. Okay. This was one of the songs that he wrote and performed. <laughs> Not my strong gen uh, genre. I like this though. Just mad about saffron. A saffron's mad about me. I'm just mad about saffron. She's just mad about me. They call me mellow yellow. Quite frankly, they call me mellow yellow. Okay, so yeah, I know the chorus. You know, do you you recognize the song? I don't know who it is. I recognize the song. I don't know who it is. Okay. Well, I can tell you he's also the father of two <clears throat> actors themselves. Uh, Donovan Leach, he's, a, he's the father of, and also Ioni Sky. No, you don't. Nobody owns the Sky. <laughs> Ioni. Not Ione. Ioni. Ioni. Ioni Sky. I don't care if you do it in an accent. But he still records music up to today, and his name is Donovan. Donovan. Yes. Yeah, you could have put a gun to my head. I wouldn't have come up with Donovan. Oh, then you're definitely not going to get the next one. I can Don't tell be you so that. sure. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Fucking leprechaun. <laughs> Who is this? The next one actually born the same day and year. As Donovan? No, yeah, as Donovan. But he was born in England. Okay. And with Steve Winwood, he co-founded the rock group Traffic in 1967. Uh, he wrote the group's song Feeling All, Feeling All Right, which was made popular by Joe Cocker. Okay. He left the group permanently in 1971. Joe Cocker? Joe Cocker. I guess he liked the name. Joe uh, Cocker. <laughs> Yeah, I like Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker? Yeah, it's like your mama. Or you got Joe Cocker. Damn. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways you could do this. Yes. But he's also recorded and performed with Jimi Hendrix, The Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton, George Harrison, Fleetwood Mac, 
Paul McCartney in Wings, Donovan, and Michael Jackson. Oh my God, what's his name? I love Michael Jackson. Well, he released one song in 1978 that was a hit. Let's see if you recognize it. Strings is weird. So let's leave it alone. This is too country for me. Because we can't see eye to eye. No, I, I, this would never have gotten no good guy. There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree That's the name of the song We Just Disagree Yeah, I know The artist was Dave Mason Yeah, I know <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday, bitch But yeah, no I didn't, I, I didn't think you'd know I don't know who you are And that music Yeah, I, I gotta tell you The lyrics were much better than Donovan's But there's a twang that I can't abide by You can't abide I by I can't abide by the twang <laughs> Oh, excuse us no, like, I, like, it's, You know how bad it is? You know how true and deep it goes? One of my favorite people in the world One uh, person who I think statues should be built Everywhere for everybody Dolly Parton I can't stand her when she sings Really? Can't stand that voice. Oh, no. I would Can't. follow Dolly Parton through hell on my knees if she just wouldn't sing. It's the twang. I can't. And I recognize the talent. I just can't listen to it. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Don't be sorry. Well, our next birthday celebrant sadly is dead. He was born May 10th, 1957 with the name John Ritchie. He was born in England. His birth father abandoned him and his mother when he was young. And by 1973, his mother was addicted to heroin and opiates and kicked him out of the house at age 16. Okay, what do you do? He then became friends with a young man named John Lydon. And he and Lydon would perform on the streets together. Street musicians. Buskin. Yes, busking. But more times than not, people will give them money to, to, to not play or to something. To not play. I love that. Yeah, that's sounds like a Carson joke. They soon started hanging out at the clothing store, Sex, that was owned and run by Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood. And then they joined with Steve Jones, or at least, let's just say, Lydon joined with Steve Jones, Glenn Matlock, and I can't think of the last person's name, to form the group The Sex Pistols in 1975. What's on the paper you're reading? What do you mean, what's on the paper I'm you, reading? That guy's name? Did you read? I didn't write the full name i'm i think oh i'm paul cook is i'm sorry it's paul cook you, I was saying, you read every one of those names and you left because that one I, I, I didn't have his last name here but it took me a second to think of it and now i remembered it you're, you're welcome but anyway 1977 glenn matlock was thrown out of the band and then this person joined the band as the band's bass player Oh, I don't know. By this time, he was using heroin, and he met Nancy Spungen, and they soon became inseparable. Is this Sid Vicious? It is indeed Sid Vicious. I needed a Nancy reference to know. <laughs> I did. And here you can hear Sid singing. Oh, no, the end is near, and so I face the final curtain <laughs> You can't I'm not the queer I'll state my case Of which I'm certain Yeah, I think that's about all I can take <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bad <laughs> I mean, I, that sound. I kind of feel like I'm judging myself because that's kind of how I sound. Okay. I yeah, it's bad. So, but sadly, um, the group broke up in 1978. Sex and, Pistols. Yes, and he and Nancy Spungen moved into the Chelsea Hotel in Manhattan. And shit went downhill from there. On. And well, yeah. Well, following the party in October of 1978, Nancy Spungen was found dead from a stab wound. Yeah. And Vicious was arrested for the crime. Well, was, because you know. 
He was released on bail, and then after attempting suicide, he was hospitalized for a while. He was then briefly sent to Rikers Island after he attacked Patty Smith's brother in a nightclub with a beer bottle. I bet he didn't like Rikers Island. Well, no, because he had to go uh, enforce detoxification there. Okay. And he was again released on bail, and then on February 2nd, 1979, he was found dead from an overdose of heroin and quaaludes. Okay. And according to a journalist, he interviewed his mother before she died of a drug overdose in 1996, and she confessed that she intentionally gave him a lethal dose of heroin because she didn't believe that Fishers could face the possibility of, of, of surviving in jail. So her mother, his mother killed him. Well, that's what she's claiming anyway. Okay, no, no. All right. So, sad, tragic story. Yeah, uh, yeah, not unexpected considering where it started from. Yeah, right. And the, considering that voice. Yeah. I mean, but still, even with that, which, you know, it's got to be half tongue-in-cheek, that, that voice. Yeah, because he sings later on, it's his regular, his pun self. It's just But it's my way, you know, he, he's mocking it, he's mocking it. Of course, and that's the joke, and that's what he did, but yep. even his, you know, what he, what he wanted you to believe was his singing, what his voice was, what he, how he expressed himself. Yeah. It was much more of the screaming lunatic, intelligible lines. Yeah, he was a punker. Well, you punk, know? It was, yeah, hardcore punk. Yep. So, happy birthday, Sid Vicious. Hope you're doing better than what you were doing down here. I'm sure he is. We now come to our last birthday celebrant, born May 10th, 1960. He was born Paul Hewson in Dublin. His mother died when he was age 14. You got like the whole British Isles in here. The uh, first one was from Scotland. The next one was from England. England. This, this one's from, from, from Ireland. From Ireland. <laughs> Where was the first guy from? Kansas, Texas. Yes, yeah, uh, that was uh, Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. Okay. Yes. But this man, after he met guitarist David Evans and bassist Adam Clayton, they answered an ad by drummer Larry Mullen and they formed a band, which eventually became known as U2. Okay. Let's see if you recognize the voice. What cut was that? Yes, I know this. Yes, know that song i do know that song do you know who the singer is um yes who is it i can't think of his name <laughs> i i, I want to say sting i know it's wrong it's, it's a one word name yeah bono yes very good yeah, okay <laughs> Bad, i got hung up yeah, but no. as a member of U2, he has received 22 Grammy Awards and inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. Yeah. He is continually ranked as one of the best rock singers and frontmen of a band. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah, I've seen I've seen them in concert. Uh, They're is, unbelievable. U2 weighs large. Yeah. To me. He's also a, a very big social activist, especially for poverty and HIV in Africa. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He was named one of the Time Persons of the Year in 2005. Okay. And he was granted an honorary knighthood by Queen Elizabeth in 2007 for his services to the music industry and for his humanitarian work. Okay. Of course, he did have his failures. Well, who he, doesn't? He had, he and The Edge, the guitarist The Edge, they wrote the music for a 1990 London adaptation of A Clockwork Orange that did not fail. Oh, yeah, of course. And then, of course, more famously, they wrote the music for the 2011 Broadway musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Okay, now, 
Musicals are not <laughs> Bono and the Edge's forte. Well, it's you know, you, you, yeah, we but there's different types of music, and I saw Spider Man. You did see it. I did see it, and um, it was everything it was reported to be. My personal experience was in sitting in a row on a mezzanine. At one point, the crew member had come and set something against the railing in front of me. Really? Yeah, and then and then followed not too long behind by a costumed character who was flying in from the balcony. She was, Her entrance okay, was to yeah. fly in from the balcony. Yeah. So, so it was very in the air. Everything was... It was very much all of that. Some of it was visually... She's a genius. I'm very sorry. Okay. Julie Taymor, I think, is just visually she has she has such vision and she can execute it but the music was not good yeah <laughs> the st- the plot line was yeah. not good they spent way too much money it was a technical horror show yeah it's so it, they spent i think all of the time and the money was spent on that aspect of it because it's still historical for being the most expensive the most out of town show the most uh previews before i mean yeah, the the amount of money is ridiculous. Sixty something million dollars, right? Uh, crazy money for a stage show. So was that paid more attention to than maybe somebody taking Bono over and saying, "Listen, <laughs> what we need is it wasn't anyway. It wasn't memorable to me. I couldn't sing a song. It's a minor blemish on the stellar." career. Uh, he took a swing, man. He took a swing. Yeah, he tried. And they sold tickets on his name. Yes, they did. So, so they they nobody know who Julie Taymor is. Of course not, but everyone knows who Bono and the Edge are. Everybody so. knows who Bono is. Yep. God damn. So that's the end of our birthdays. So to all our birthday celebrants, we say... Yes. Bono? What were you saying? I don't know. I was going to ask something you were... about Bono, but then you, I heard the voices again. And <laughs> Well, we normally move on to bring out your dead. Nobody died? Nobody uh, that we know of died this past week, believe it or not. That's unacceptable. I'm very sorry to, <laughs> to disappoint you. Oh, wow. Nobody yes. Died. Uh, yeah, no one of any... I mean, there were people I went through the whole list, didn't recognize any of the names. I mean, yeah, people died. Yeah, yeah people but, died, uh, but no yeah. one that we would want to discuss. Okay. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next segment. Then. I kind of don't like you sort of making that assumption for me. What do you mean? Like, like, Do you know of someone who died? No, but I didn't try to find out either. Ah, so then what are you complaining uh, about? Well, the big news was the coronation, so anybody could have died. Well, we were going to get to that, and we like to watch. Nobody would have. Okay. 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 But for now... We're going to move on to our next segment. Okay. Yes, time for Today in History. Patsy and the Coconuts. And today, on May 10th in 1888, a white man in Ohio named James Chesser procured a license to marry George Ann Holly, who, according to this news story, was a hermaphrodite. Well, uh, what's this? What's the news source? I. Uh, it was some old news article from that time period, and they're reporting on this guy who wants to marry this girl. And yes, he. Uh, this. This person, either George and Holly, also known as George Burton, presented as a woman, and they convinced, I guess, the Justice of the Peace or whatever, that they were man and wife. So they were issued a license to get married today. Okay, good for them. 
But on July 13th, later that year, Chesser was arrested for disorderly conduct after an altercation at the home, and a doctor was summoned, and Burton was subjected to an examination and determined to be a man. So upon the discovery, both of them were lodged in jail on the charge of sodomy. But their marriage is thought to be the first official record of one man marrying and living with another man. Okay. So... Congratulations! Sorry you went to jail for it. Really? Congratulations? <laughs> really? Okay. Well, that was a big step. I got a marriage license. They 1988. Got, they, yes, they got a marriage license doing what they had to do, which was dubious at best. Yes. But they gave them their best shot. They did what they had to do to be what they wanted to be, and I got to respect that. But, yeah. Not only that, the controversy of a white man marrying a black woman, too. Well, what was perceived to be a black woman. A black, it was a white guy and a black guy committing sodomy. Yes, but they presented as a white man and a black woman. So yeah. that in itself was probably controversial. Absolutely, exactly right. So you, now you're calling attention to this. I mean, these are two people who wanted to be together enough to fool a judge or justice or whatever the fuck it was to give them a marriage license in the first place. I mean, that takes some gonads. Yes, it does, right? Just to say, yeah, we could do this. Considering what, like, could happen to them for any number of reasons. Of course. At that place and time. Okay. So that's the story of James Chesser and George Burton. James Chesser Burton. But also today, on May 10th, 2006, this musical opened up on Broadway with a book by David Henry Huang, directed by Bob Crowley, choreography by Merrill Tankard, and music by Phil Collins. Okay. It was described by the New York Times as assistantly kinetic, fidgety, and attention deficit, noting that though momentous events occur regularly, any tension or excitement is routinely sabotaged by overkill and diffuseness. It says, despite much money and international research being invested into the show, we now have conclusive evidence that this character or this show does indeed flatten perversely when translated from two dimensions into three. I'll give you a hint. It was a Disney mute. Yeah, a Disney yeah, 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 yeah. The Hunchback in the Same. Nope. Who was it? Tarzan. Tarzan. Okay, so. I saw this. You saw Tarzan. I saw Tarzan. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I sat in Josh Strickland. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I, young man. I have recently found him on. They, there's, they're opening a new tour of the show. Oh, real Of Tarzan? Of Tarzan. In Australia or something. Oh, wow. So I discovered him tweeting about it, whatever it was. I found him, and he's, of course, for him right now, it's all, and he's in it, I guess, and it's all about Tarzan. So I remembered who he was because of it, because. I sat very, very close on this night, and okay. it's not a night. It's not a show you you should sit close for, like Spider Man. It's, it's a spectacle. It's you need to be far away. Yeah. And at one point, him swinging on vines all night right. was was lifted into the flies. Oh wow! Okay, and so he's lifted. The problem is in the second row. I can see up into the flies, so you see too much of that shit when you sit that close. Yeah. Okay. So this particular instance of that thing included him being lifted up, and his next cue was coming pretty much from the same place. Okay. Because they left him there. Okay. And then in the blackout, whether whatever they moved him or whatever it was, but for the for the scene. After he was lifted, he hung there. Yeah. And I was underneath him, looking up. 
between beautiful... He was beautiful, for fuck's sake. And yeah. I'm looking up between his thighs as he's suspended in a loincloth above me. So I enjoyed that very much. It also had a really great opening sequence. Okay. Which was the shipwreck. Oh, wow. Which they did vertically on the back wall. Okay. Uh, it was the at one point it became the beach where the waves were actually lapping up onto the like it was moving. Yeah. It was a, they were the ship sinks and of course they're flying, so they're drowning by flying. Okay, and then it's the, all the the lights and the this and the that that make it look like drowning. The moving lights, the way they move on the things and the music, oh, so the, it's drowning. <clears throat> and then they 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 come, they walk onto the beach from the shipwreck. And they walk onto the beach on the vertical wall. So they walk out of the mortar that's moving onto the beach. And they're walking on the wall, on the yeah. vertical wall. So they're at a 90 degree angle to the stage. It, it was it was well done. Uh, probably a tough sell. Yeah, it wasn't a big success from what, I, from what I've been reading about. It. It, the, the rest of the set was not nearly as glorious. I think it only got like one Tony nomination for best lighting design. Should have been costumed. I would say the lighting design had a lot to do with that. Okay. I enjoyed it, though. For a couple of seconds, I I was able to look up underneath Josh Strickland. Nothing wrong with that. You know. That's worth the price of admission. I was going to (laughs) say. Thank God he wasn't close enough to tip. (laughs) (laughs) We now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? I'm confused, you say. Yes, it's time for what day is it? Care for any guesses? I do. It is the uh, uh, American baked macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no. Ma- macaroni and cheese day, no? No. Okay. No, afraid um, not. No, afraid not. Uh, the International Day of Pregnant Sea Turtles. No, but you're actually moving in the right direction. Should I stay in the water? Turtles? I'm going to tell you that. I'm to turtle. International Day of Turtles. Nope. All right. American Oceanography Turtle Day. <laughs> no. Okay. Today is National Shrimp Day. Shrimp? Yes. Do you know that Americans eat more shrimp than any other seafood? Really? Yes, they do. That's because they could just open a bag and eat it. Pretty much. Do you know that shrimp can vary in size from 2 centimeters to 25 centimeters? So can a penis, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> a 25 centimeter penis is something you got to prepare for. <laughs> yes, you do. But they are they are they include thousands of species that adapt to a wide range of habitats. They date back to hundreds of millions of years ago. Yes. They can be found on ocean floors as well as in rivers and lakes. And to escape predators, some species flip off the seafloor and dive into the sediment. Okay. And they have a lifespan of one to seven years. So I recently found uh, a cooking show online that I like. Yes. I like the cooking show, The Master Chef, I think it is. Okay. The guy got sent home for not deveining his shrimp. Ooh. Which was evidently the ultimate sin. Yeah, you got to devein the shrimp. Yeah. yeah. Like once they discovered that there was no question in anybody's mind that who was going home. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Who's going home that night? Pack your knives and leave. Well, popular shrimp dishes are, of course, seafood gumbo, shrimp cocktail, I love shrimp cocktail, shrimp scampi, which is made with butter, garlic, lemon juice, and white wine. I'll sit there and eat that shit for. I'll just sit there and eat it piece after piece after piece. And I discovered one called shrimp Dijon. Which it's a specialty in Chicago. It's a casserole of the whole peeled shrimp covered in soft garlic, sherry laced breadcrumbs. 
foods. It's usually served as an appetizer or a main course. I'll eat it late at night in front of the refrigerator. I can't eat shrimp. I'm allergic. Oh, God. You know what it is? It's a fleshy bite that is really nice. Okay. I'll take your word and for it's it. sort of, in itself, it almost has no flavor. It is about that meaty texture. About how you season it or whatever. And, yeah, and, and it's, what, yeah, it. it's about how you prepare it. Yeah. And it's really hard to fuck up. Well, you can overcook it. Yeah. It's very yeah. easy to overcook. Yeah. If it becomes... That that's, what any, that's what any type of seafood. Uh, that I can't... If very I can't get my teeth through it, I'm not eating it. Yeah, right? And shrimp gets rubbery. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy shrimp. I do. I can. I can eat shrimp endlessly. I love it. Today is also National Receptionist Day. Oh, you gotta treat those bitches right. Damn right. Some of the receptionists are some of the nicest people I know. I think sometimes they get their job because of that. Well, anyway, it's a job feature to have somebody who's welcoming and nice. And, yep. And, and yes, very like nice. receptionists on our on our primary physician's office. All of them always very nice, always very friendly. Ask how you're doing. You know, you gotta your, love them for that. It's your front of house staff right yeah they make it they, they make a really great impression on you yes yeah okay yeah. i had one bad experience with a receptionist once where i had to go for a medical test and you just walked in and she barely even looked up at us and she's like let's take the form sit over there wait that's it that's all you got to say to me well is it a receptionist or is it like a nurse or like no a, she was a receptionist she was you know, yeah there to receive people yeah to, to guide and direct them with a smile hopefully yep but that was the, that was the only bad experience I've ever had with a receptionist. Yeah, see, yeah, they, and they work. But hard. otherwise, I think they're great. They do work hard. I think they're oh, they're underrated as far as the work that they have to do. I agree. And all the public relations that they have to deal with, you know, they're the face. They, if the if the, they open when when they open the door to your business, what is the first thing that they encounter? Yeah. Okay, so who is that person going to be, or what is that experience going to be like? And you put a, you put somebody there who can, they've got to be able to zig when the world zags. Like, you never know who's coming and who's opening the door and approaching me. Yeah. And and they, 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 they code or whatever they need to do for that person, for this company. And they don't, that's the kind of unpaid talents that certain people have. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know people like that. It's, um. Yeah. And, and it's, you can't pay them enough. No, you can't. As far as I'm concerned, you yeah. can't. They have They're, a tough job. Yeah. It's a tough job. So. <laughs> it's a tough job. Here's to the receptionists. I love receptionists. We love you. And even the bad ones, they give you good stories because they're so rarely bad. Right? Exactly. Yeah, receptionists. Those front of house people, those first Yeah. The secretaries who check you in, those people. Yeah. The front the front office yeah, people. Yeah. You know? We love them. You gotta be able to deal with the public. And yep. it's a gift. Yeah, it is. I mean, not a lot of people can do that. <laughs> I, I'm with you. <laughs> We now move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. There was a poll conducted by ABC News and the Washington Post of over a thousand people, and they found that 39% think that Supreme Court rulings are based mainly on the law. Only 39% think that. The rest think that politics are what makes rules, leads their decisions. And this includes 50% of Republicans, 30%, 36% of Democrats, and 35% of Independents who feel that the Supreme Court sticks to the law in its decisions. But 78% of Americans also say the decision whether to have an abortion should be left to a woman and her doctor rather than regulated by law. And that's even supported by 58% of Republicans. That's a lot of Republicans. Right? And 56% of white evangelical 
multiple Protestants say abortion should be left to a woman and her doctor. And 66% of all Americans oppose oppose Dobbs' decision. And 66% think that the anti-abortion drug Mifepristone should remain available on the market. That's right. All the poor people in Mississippi, you know why? Because they need it. It's their lives. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a surprising reason. Well, actually, it shouldn't be too surprising about the loss of confidence in the Supreme Court. That shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean... Is it, this has happened before. This is sort of in the tradition of, like, there's been Supreme Courts that have been, there must have been. The last time you had a justice involved in some kind of financial brouhaha was... Abe Fortas back in the back in the sixties, where he was already on the court, he was nominated to become chief justice, and then they started looking into his background, and there was some kind of financial issue or whatever. He eventually resigned from the court, but that was like I said, back in the late sixties, early seventies, I think. I'm I'm looking at you because I'm trying to remember somebody else's name. Okay. Okay. The woman who made the accusations about Clarence Thomas back in the day. Anita Hill. Anita. None of this would be happening if we had believed Anita Hill. If we had believed Anita Hill and also let some of the other women who made the same accusations testify as well. It's it's slimy is slimy is as slimy does. Now I don't know if I'm using that expression correctly because it's one of those poetic <laughs> things that I don't yeah. What I'm saying is that if you're gonna be slimy, you're gonna be slimy. Yeah. You're going to be slimy when you do this. You're going to be slimy when you do that. You're always going to be slimy. Yeah. No matter what you do, that's your worldview is slimy. We now move on to our next segment. Yeah, it's time once again for the Week in Fascism. And we return once again to the most fascist state in the Union, Florida. And you know what, Patrick? Go ahead, deliver your news. Okay. I'll give color as I see fit. Uh, okay. Well, first, DeSantis signed a bill that now says that teachers and other government employees will now have to write a monthly check if they want to stay in their union instead of having it automatically deducted from their paychecks. That's diabolical. And surprisingly enough, you know what unions are exempt from this law? The police, fire, and corrections officers unions, the ones most likely to support DeSantis. So it also, and it also gives employees the right to quit a union for no reason and requires unions to recertify if the number of dues-paying members drops below 60% of those eligible to join. Okay. Below 60%? Yeah. That's clearly too high. But not only that, the fact that he singled out these teachers and public sector unions, but exempted these other unions, that's that's not equal protection under the law. That's a 14th Amendment violation right there. From what I understand, what I heard recently in the airwaves is that he has gotten passed through a lot, a lot, a lot of legislation. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I have more. I have more here to tell you about. Uh, new term limits for school board members. Restrictions on students' social media use. Protections for teachers who report administrators that they believe are uh, violating state education policies. And then they passed a really strict anti-immigration bill, which provided twelve million dollars for DeSantis's migrant relocation initiative. In other words, when he buses immigrants to other states. Right, 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 right. It's just, why don't you just call him King DeSantis at this point? He don't want the Chinese people to buy land. He wants to outlaw Chinese people buying land in Florida. I don't know what he's... Uh, I mean, all I can see is he's just 
trying to stuff his credentials for running for office. Well, and that's exactly doing, what he's, he's doing. I bet you in the next six weeks he's going to announce. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty well believed by everybody. I mean, I, I believe it because now he's got executive experience under his belt in a pretty big place. So this is a good thing for him. This is a really good thing for him. It's also a really good thing for us to find out what the hell he's all about. Well, we know what he's all about. But now he's got to prove it to the country who really isn't paying attention to what's going on locally for themselves. Well, I think they're paying some attention to what's going on in Florida. I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit going on there ever since the whole Don't Say Gay bill in Disney. You know, the eyes went on Florida. Well, yeah, it became, yeah, well, yeah. I gotta say, though, that they're they're fighting with their teeth and their nails. Fighting tooth and nail. Yeah. They, they're just, they're going for it all. They really are. You gotta respect that. You gotta be ready for it, because it's you next. It is you next. Yeah. That's what most, that's what a lot of people don't realize. That's what kills me about it. Well, well, what was, I don't know who it was. It was a Holocaust reference. And it was, when they came for the intellectuals, I didn't say anything because I wasn't an intellectual. And when they came for the Dutch, I was, whatever it was, it goes through this list of people. And then they came for me. Yeah. So it wasn't until they came for me that I stood up and said, and it was just a very simple little thing that was, well, it wasn't me. And they weren't coming for me. What's what I'm, I, I think of I all... I would just mind my business. I think of all the retired gays who live in Florida. And I'm like, yeah, you're retired, and maybe this doesn't affect you, but it affects your community. What are you doing to help out? I, you, know? I, you know what? I, I think largely, if they're living a gay life, if they're living their, you know, their, their version, and they're living outly and openly, and not even proudly, not even openly, but if they're living their lives authentically as a gay person, then they're doing something good for the gay people. Because it's a nice life. Right. But I can see me like the whole thing about like the don't say gay bill. I can see people saying, well, I'm not in school anymore. Why should I care about that? That's exactly right. You know? That's they, exactly right. But they should care about it. Well, and, and, and it, they're not going to until it affects them. That I know. The, that's that the unfortunate the thing. I know. That's the unfortunate thing. They got to wait till then. It comes to, yeah, when it's going to affect them. And, and it's going to be a long time before before it affects personally Mm, uh, pissed off white people. Yeah. Or rich people. But the rich people are just so disgusting. It's just... Yeah, please. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. So I should have mentioned last week, because I had a, a lot of good stuff last week. Yes, you did. And there was one that I forgot. What was that? Schmigadoon. Ah, yes. You watched the second season? I did watch the second season. I enjoyed thoroughly the second season. Okay. I, I, it was a lot of fun. It was smart. It was obvious. <laughs> You know what I mean? Okay. Which leads me to believe that in the uh, exposing the inside joke, will that become cheesy? Okay. Okay? But so far, and everybody, like, my speculation is, what's season three? Because it's so good. It's so good. It's like, what are they going to do to top this now? Well, clearly what they've been doing is they've gone by sort of topics. Okay. So they did the Golden Age. The the Schmigadoon uh, was Brigadoon, Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, Golden Age music. That was that. This Schmigadoon, which I think is so smart because it's Schmigadoon, but it's season two, so we're going to call it uh, Schmicago. It's different from season one. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. It's still Schmigadoon. The brand. Right. It's Schmigadoon. But the season is now. Right. All right. This Schmigago. is now Schmicago. So you go from the golden age to the 70s and the 80s, the Chicago, that era. But they did Fosse brilliantly. I can imagine. They did Edgelord Weber at one point. They, oh my God, Sondheim, of course. Yeah. Um, it was Kristen Chenoweth as Mrs. Lovett. <laughs> 
Um, and the guy, uh, what's his name? God, I never remember this guy's name. He did the, 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 the new, uh, Chicago, the, the new cabaret. What's his name? He was the MC when the, the 98 cabaret that's now become the standard. Not Alan Cumming. Yeah, he's in Alan Cumming. Oh, okay. As Sweeney. Okay. To okay. Kristen Turner with as, uh, <laughs> and this, this drama because, Evidently, Patty's people sent word that Patty wanted to be in Schmigadoon. Oh, no. And they, Schmigadoon told her, you're too old. Oh. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? And the Eastern Seaboard still stands. Oh. <laughs> How dare they? Could you imagine? Jesus. Yeah. Well, that I, I, I saw it somewhere. I came across it. could have been some guy. I don't know. But it would be amazing. Oh, my God. A reaction like that. Damn. Yeah. And they lived to tell the tale. Yeah. The swarm of locusts didn't come. Jesus. Maybe all religions are bullshit. What else did you watch this week? Oh, this week. Okay, so I wanted to mention that last week because last week was the last episode of it. Okay. Um. So, yeah, and RuPaul, of course, is over. Yes. I've caught up on Mrs. Maisel. Yes, me I, too. I have to say, I'm at the end, and I've seen the end. Well, I've seen the last episode. I don't know if that's the final episode. The sixth episode. That seemed pretty final to me. I thought so, too, because it kind of came to a resolution. Very neatly, very well done, very, as the whole series was, beautifully photographed, yeah. beautifully filmed. Everything about it was just it's exactly this, right. It's, a, it's this cotton candy view of that time period really well, the color and everything is just unbelievable. yes visually yeah you know yeah, oh yeah 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 but what they did was they sneaked in a character like Susie and and that who to me is the best character in the show what happened to that relationship well the last episode of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel was all about Susie yeah it was great it was, was great, great. It was, I wasn't offended the whole by that. club uh, rose yeah and everything. I thought it was great yeah it was very well done very neat and clean there are loose ends we met these adult children yeah but we don't know how they got there or, or where they're going or where they are or we don't know anything about those people yeah but we were introduced to them yes and could that just be because they wanted to set time they wanted to like it's the 80s now so what right. happened to the kids so like it's 20 years later yeah and this is I, I, I thought it was well done yeah I had questions but I thought it was really well done yeah me too I agree it was a great season it was a great series. Yes, excellent series. Really. Now, there's a movie here. Even if it's just Susie meeting that woman on the street corner, where she she leaves, she Susie leaves and she meets the blonde who is married to, okay, the not the Tonight Show. Yeah. Okay. Who Susie is put in touch with as a contact. And, and evidently, Su Susie had a, uh, an affair years ago with his current wife. Okay. And she storms out of, Susie storms out of his office into the streets into Manhattan uh, uh, NBC studio into into Manhattan and runs into this woman okay who was on her way in to to see the guy who just pissed off who Susie just fought with yeah. who was now her husband right. Susie used to be so meet her on the street and there's that I mean there's that possibility there's that sort of energy there's that relationship that could go somewhere yeah. into a movie I'm just saying Steven Spielberg I wouldn't mind a spin-off series with Susie and see where she goes in her career you know Susie is Susie that's a great character and it's a it great is. it's great a great character the, the two of them the two of them together is yeah they're like a, they're a comedy team together but yeah it, 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 it ended up being Susie's story 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. Susie's the one saying the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yep, I can definitely go with that. All right, so yeah, that's what I watched. Okay. The fuck, why should that matter? Well, I'm moving on to the next thing that I watched, which was something that you recommended last week. Oh, isn't that hilarious? Jury duty. I love it. First of all, it's on Freevee. Okay. I Not never heard Because we had to look for the service that it was on. It's I never called, heard of it. It's called Freevee. Okay. Free download. It was a free show. I don't download anything. We watched the whole show, the whole season of it. Did you? I'm not even done. We watched the whole thing. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> funny. The guy who's the center of it. Oh, my God. The, they couldn't have gotten a nicer guy oh, for perfect. this show. He's perfect. Oh, my God. He's so nice to everyone in the show. And this is someone who's on jury duty. James Marsden is on the show as James, James Marsden on Jury Duty. And he plays the dicky actor so well in this. <laughs> the things he says, it's like, oh my God, you're such an ass in this. James Marsden <laughs> shot up in respect points for me. Oh my God, yeah. He was always hot. Yeah, oh he's God, still I always hot. loved him, you right? Know, okay, uh, I'd love to die between his thighs. I loved him when he was an X-Man. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, uh, I don't know how I know him. But, uh, and he does a brilliant job of being the almost unaware the self-absorbed, self-absorbed actor, actor. Yep, exactly <laughs> very funny and you know what's funny even it's so obvious how did this guy not see the woman who falls asleep oh my god the woman but i've seen that happen in cases yeah i've and seen that happen well you go in in good faith you go in saying i got this notice i gotta do jury i gotta do i okay fuck now i'm the goddamn head of the jury well, it was very funny because they, you know, they said from the very beginning, this is going to be a very unorthodox trial because they're allowing the jurors talk about the case during the case. Red flag they're on <laughs> That never happens. Never happens. No. no. And then the characters, the guy with the, the guy with the metal things that he sits on. The metal. That oh is, my God! The chair pants. The chair pants. The chair pants. That he has to take off in court. Yes. Brilliant. That was brilliant. As played so. That's what I mean. Every, for all those of you who don't know what we're talking about, everyone else in the show, except for this one juror, is an actor. Everyone else is an the actor. The judge, the defendant, both attorneys, the, 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 everybody the court who sits officer. in the background. Everyone. The court officer, the waitresses in the diner. Every- and they are so believable. Oh my God, it's And so some of funny. the storylines that develop through these characters are so funny and ridiculous. And they, they, they play out in real time to only this one person amongst them. Yes. Everything else is like there was a scene in the restaurant with the money, money and, and now James Martin has to come up with the money, and okay, but only if and you know this guy, like you said, he's such a just a nice guy. He's yeah. nice looking. He's 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 agreeable. He's. He, he wants to do the right thing. Yeah. And he tries and he just trusts. Yeah. And this show shits all over that. <laughs> because they make a fool. I, they just they just lead him on. They just I think it's horrible treatment. I think it's good television. Uh, well yeah, I mean, well, but if you could picture like someone like you or me in that role, we would not have been even half as nice as this guy. Was. I think you're wrong. I would totally have I would all totally those, have would all those all that. 
Number one, with all those times the, kid, the, the child was adjourned for really no good reasons. He's not a lawyer. They were just adjourned. Know. He doesn't know any better. I know better. I'd be having a fit. That's the thing, guys. So I was watching this. I'm like, they wouldn't do this in a real trial. They wouldn't do that in a real trial. Well, but, and, and, like I said, this guy had no clue. So Thus, the cards in the beginning that were like, during a normal trial, jurors are not allowed to do pretty much anything. But but this is not a jury, uh, a normal trial, and only one person doesn't know. And, uh, you know, but it kind of makes, like, up this huge... I don't like practical jokes. No. I don't like you knowing ahead of time. But the guy, the, the guy we see, idiot. the guy we... Well, you haven't seen the end yet. I didn't see the end. Oh, no, I haven't no, seen you the haven't end. seen the end. I haven't so. seen the end. He gets well compensated for this practical all right. joke. I, I hope so, because they That's really... That's all I'll say. And, and through it all, so far, anyway, yeah. he has been adorable yeah. and sweet like said, and one of the nicest people you could ever see. I, you know, and they got lucky getting this. Guy. I wish I could meet a guy like this. Right? You know, he's just a good fucking guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and they they shit all over him. And he puts and it up with it all. It's funny he as puts fuck. Puts up with it all. It's, but it's a funny show. It oh is, my yeah, god. Yeah, I highly, funny, I highly recommend it. I don't know where it comes from. Do you know what it's No, I don't know. Who produced what's it? Your, no, where, where can people find it? On Freevee. That's the name of the service, like Hulu, Netflix, the service called Freevee. Okay. I never heard of that. V-E-E. We never heard of it either. Right. We did a search, you know, a general search, and that's what came up. Okay. I like the. I like it. So we watched that. We also watched on Netflix a movie I was. Oh, I almost paid for a couple of weeks ago, but we waited and ended up on Netflix called A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks. Okay. In which he basically plays this grumpy old man whose wife died six months earlier and he lives alone and he's kind of depressed and suicidal and he gets increasingly enmeshed in these new neighbors' lives that have moved into the neighborhood and everything. Good movie. Tom Hanks is great, but I can't remember the last time I cried so much during a movie. Yeah, I don't want to cry. Because there are just so many touching moments yeah, in this I movie. I don't like it. Oh my God. We were like, where's the Kleenex? No, oh my God. No, no, no. It, really good movie though. I really, I, I thought Tom Hanks was excellent in it. But, He's yeah. generally excellent. Yeah, he really is. And he does, a, he does a great job in this part. Yeah. I, I mean, and there are some funny parts in this movie. It's not all tearjerkers. No, I, you know? I don't like tearjerkers. But yeah, there are so many moments where we're just like, oh my God, I'm tearing up again. No, don't like it. But I cheer up at overtures not cheer up tear up tear up I could tear the, the for some reason I don't know why but sitting in the audience for the uh, something rotten right I cried during the something rotten oh orchestra uh, overture okay I don't fucking need tear jerkers to feel that emotion you're a Broadway pussy I wake up <laughs> jerking tears okay so I don't need a tear jerker oh my god and then lastly, I had to add this onto my list because I just find them fascinating. There are videos on YouTube of the leader of the Wagner Mercenary Group, the Russian Mercenary Group fighting in Ukraine. Okay. And he posts these videos all the time, bitching about how his men aren't getting enough ammunition, complaining about the whole minist Russian Ministry of Defense. Okay, so now I just have to say, you're delivering this with a smile and a giggle. Because I'm just like... Nothing uh, about this seems funny to me. It's just so weird that you're seeing the leader of a mercenary army posting these videos. It, it just seems so bizarre. Where is so he posting them? On you, I, I can see on them on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. I'm, sure they're, also, I'm sure they're probably on Twitter as well. His name is Yevgeny Privgozin. Sounds hot. Not at all. You know, totally shaved head and everything. Thing. Just watching these videos, and I'm like, oh my 
God, I know Putin about? must really need him because they haven't taken this guy out yet. What do they show? Like, what like I they... said, he's the leader of the Russian mercenary army okay, that's fighting so he's in working, Ukraine. He's working for the Russians literally for money. Yeah, and he's been complaining in recent weeks how the Russian Ministry of Defense is not giving him enough ammunition. Okay, so he's bitching about the Russians. He's bitching about his boss. Yeah, he's bitching about how recently one of the arm, one of the Russian army groups, like took off from the scene, and he's bitching about this on fucking social media. Okay. It's like, I can't imagine any general of any kind of group doing this on Twitter or social media. It's just so bizarre. No, I mean, it's weird that he's doing it to the Russians. Yeah. He's doing it to, it's out to everybody. No, but I mean, he's He's attacking, yeah. He's calling the Russian, yeah, he's calling the Russians out for bad business. Because he's a businessman. Yeah. I'm just, it's just. He's giving a bad Yelp review. Yeah, to say the least. To the guy who's paying him. So that take okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's just, it's fascinating, it's ballsy of him. I, I, I can't stop watching his videos when he posts. Okay. I'm just totally fascinated by this. That's thing. interesting. Because I've never seen anything like this before. Because the, the way you describe it, it sounds dry as toast. It's not. When you see the translation of what he's saying, it's like, wow, and you're still alive. We're going to move on to our next segment now. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for stupid people. When did you update this? Because you could have done it at like 4.30. No, kidding. Oh, I've, I, I've added a few. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Number one, of course, I had the list. Number one, our former president, Donald Trump, convicted of defamation and sexual abuse and must pay a total of $5 million. And I say, good for her. Yes, amen. God bless her. Good for, that. for her. She may never ever see that money. Oh, no, it don't matter. Does it, it, does but she she, she got vindica- she got vindicated, and that's what she cared in about. In her life, said. does she need that money? Does she's not she she don't need that five million necessarily to change her life? To okay, so uh, she didn't need to do this for the money, and yeah. she's fucking. St- Stuck with it. She stayed with it. How long? When was this accusation? 10 years ago? 20 years ago? Well, during the, uh, I think, the first election campaign. Is when she came out with the with the claim. Yeah. When was the event in Bergdorf? That was years earlier. That was years earlier. What I'm saying is all during all Which of is that why she sued under the civil law, the sexual abuse civil law that came, that was passed because of people not reporting their sexual assaults and rapes. Right. And the statute of limitations would have run Running out. out. This gave them another outlet then to pursue justice. As an adult later Under on. civil law. Okay. Realizing that, you know, it, maybe it takes some time for somebody to like come out with this. Yep. Okay. So that's all good and i'm so happy with the way this turned out oh me too you know i think i can tell you from uh, from my standpoint as a lawyer trump is declined from hell he mean for number one he won't shut up on social media and the things he says just just antagonizing the judge makes things worse yeah just making things worse he mistook marla for this woman yeah mistook marla for this woman he's a terrible witness then he has i mean technically as far as i know the plaintiff this woman she could have subpoenaed trump to testify and he would have been forced to testify but i think smartly she didn't do that she left it in his hands whether he was going to testify or not even though he had already given a deposition she left it in his hands to come face to face to her in front of a live jury to come testify. Face me, I dare you. And, and what does he do? He goes to Ireland to play to golf. golf. And then says, oh, I'm going back to, to, to face justice and counter what she said. I he t- didn't do shit. I tell you what, this, this, and I, I've, I'm shamed by not knowing her name. E. Lee Carroll. Uh, e. Jean e. Carroll. E. Jean Carroll. She has been like Diana, Diana called Camilla once. It wasn't Pitbull. It wasn't Doberman. <laughs> 
It was a, oh god, Rottweiler. Rottweiler. <laughs> Rottweiler. It was okay. that she was the Rottweiler, and the reference was that they lock their jaw in and they don't let go. and they don't let go, and that's what this is. Yeah. So like I said, I'm glad I was. She was. She. I was, would hate to be his attorney for all the other. Criminal investigations are going to go on. Don't worry, you're not because he's got how many lawyers are working there because of Donald Trump. I know, but can you imagine how many lawyers turned him down? Florida. I can't wait for Florida. I mean, this guy, Joe Tacopina, who ever heard of this guy before? You know? I can't wait for Florida. For Florida? Not Florida, Georgia. 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 I can't Georgia. wait for Georgia because you know what? I'm sorry, Merrick Garland, I have been on your side. I have worked so hard. To I mean, stay I know on he passed side. his case off to a special counsel. Jack Smith. But it's Jack like Jackson. we're going on over th- three over, years. Over two years now over two years now we have videos what are you waiting for so what's the deal and and that's going to be a good one it's going to be a long one oh yeah i may not see the end of it but i want to see georgia because i want to see that like i said before slimy is slimy he's slimy with this woman he's slimy with all of his wives all of this he's slimy he's slimy now five million dollars is what eric has in his front pocket of course this is not going to be a big deal no but it's the principle to him so she got he's gonna file appeal after appeal after appeal and okay but she she turns out winning Anyway, she won anyway. She, she got win. him labeled a sexual abuser, and and now the world has to deal with that from a uh, brought down by. And actually, jury. as we're recording this, that sexual abuser is on CNN doing a town hall tonight. A jury of his peers decided that I, he, I I can't wait till the criminal trials come. I really can't. Do you know what I loved? Like I couldn't. It happens over and over and over again. Just how bad can he be? Just how low can he go? Just how just and I by him I I I understand it sounds like I mean Donald Trump and I do. Yes. But there are people I see regularly. Yes. That also conduct themselves this way. Yes. Okay. And it's just it's it I forget where I was going. I don't know. <laughs> You're driving. I forget. <laughs> Which means on Friday, Friday about four thirty five o'clock, I'm gonna say, Oh, that's what yeah, I'm going to remember. Well, we're going to move on to our next stupid person. What were we talking about? We were talking about Donald Trump being convicted of defamation and Donald sexual Trump abuse. Trump being convicted. But we're going to move on to our next stupid person. I had a good one. Now we're going to talk about <laughs> New York Congressman George oh, Santos. This guy can't hang himself fast enough. Pleaded, guilt, pleaded not guilty today to 13 federal charges, including counts of wire fraud, money laundering, Theft of public funds and lying to the House of Representatives. And legally, how did his day end for him? Well, he pleaded not guilty. But how did it end? Well, he said, oh, this is a witch hunt. No, no, no. He needed to turn over his passport. Yes, he does. I forgot about that. Yes. And he needed to post. And his bail was paid by three anonymous donors. Yeah, it was paid by three anonymous donors. Yeah, this, kind of, I mean, whatever he says, whatever whatever people support, they don't support the law. What he's facing, what he did, they took away his passport. He's a representative in the United States Congress, and they took away his passport. Oh, yeah. I mean, the New York Republican Party has already abandoned them. They've washed his, their hands. But this basically. is federal. But, I mean, McCarthy, they're not going to do anything about him. McCarthy needs his vote in order for him to maintain his speakership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a political move to keep him there. Yep, exactly. And and like, what's his name? Ginny's husband. Ginny's Clarence. husband. Clarence. Yes. There's nothing you could do legally to get him out of there. He's protected. 
Like I said, aside from impeachment, which is totally impractical at this point. Can you impeach a congressman? I guess you can. Uh, impeachment is about voted. Is about voted. I don't think I don't know if it's called impeachment I, or if it's just a vote to expel. I think they exist separately from each other. Probably, probably. A vote to expel would come from the body itself. Yeah. And impeachment would come from. Well, it's it's from the same body. But it's a whole different procedure. The other There's part an, of the body. Right. Because uh, now I hate us so. <laughs> Well, I'm moving on to the next topic. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. And this is about a Texas state representative named Brian Slayton, a 45-year-old straight married man who Sounds was a hot. former pastor. Oh, my God! And he this was, is my dream man! He was known for crusading against the concern that queer people were grooming kids. Okay. But he resigned from office on Monday after an investigation found that he groomed and plied a 19-year-old staffer on his team with alcohol and then had sex with her. Okay, so when you said that last part, I I know who it is. I saw pictures of this story. Oh, you did? Yeah, but as you were describing it, I was thinking of the hottest possible, like, this is the the only way I'm going to get laid, is by this, like, down-low, hiding, you know, uh, uh, religious guy with the family who's looking for something, uh, is the only way I'm going to get laid, but... Well, this is the way the whole incident is described. He says that, uh, what's the report say? That he had called, tried to get her several times to come over to his apartment during the course of one late night. Who's her? The staffer. The, the, uh, the girl, okay, the yeah, yeah, year yeah. old staffer. Finally convincing her to come around midnight as he was complaining of not wanting to drink by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she arrived there with several friends, and he supplied all the guests with alcohol, refilling his staffer's cup repeatedly. Eventually, the friends insisted on leaving, but the staffer demanded to stay. So she stayed, and she was later dropped off about 10 a.m. the following day by Slayton. And then the aide, uh, the staffer, then went to a pharmacy to buy Plan B, okay. known as the morning after pill. How do we know that? This all came out, I guess, through the investigation. Okay. I, I don't know what I don't want to know what she bought at the drugstore. I don't want anybody to be able to know what I buy at the drugstore. And what do I buy at the drugstore? Fucking gummies that do uh, what's the word? I don't oh my know. god, fiber! I okay. buy fiber gummies. Okay, but I don't want people being able to track what people buy at the drugstore. So when you say the next day she went and she bought the day after, well, pill, maybe she. Volu- I want to know how you know that. Maybe she volunteered that inter- information That's during possible. the investigation. That's possible. Maybe a little further research would have revealed the answer to be used at this moment. But you know, it wasn't. No. So what happened? Anyway, he resigned from office. Did. Yes, he did. Wow. Fucking hypocrite. Usually they don't. Yeah, yeah, well, this one, the hypocrisy. He's the one complaining about queer people grooming kids. And here he is grooming and fucking a whole bunch of 19 19 year old staffer. Yeah, and getting their friends. To get laid. Yeah. He got a wife. Yep. He got kids. Yep. He's a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's getting these girls drunk. Where's his wife during all this? Who knows? Who knows? Where did this event take place? At his apartment. At his apartment? Yes. His home? Yes. His home. Oh, so she and the kids must have been, like, visiting her mother. Maybe. This deserves Tennessee Williams. This is the kind of playwriting this needs. This is epicness. Now move on to Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews, thank God. (laughs) Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Thank you, Julie. It has to be louder, Patrick. I'll turn it up next time. Just... 
I, you know, I don't poke my nose into technical <laughs> issues or editing or, you know, marketing and, you know, the sweatshirts and all the merch. But that cue has to be... And for me in the room right now, okay, that has to be louder. I'll make sure it's louder next time. Please. Okay. Anyway, for this week's five faves... Oh, shit. We were asked to name our five favorite films about... Food. Yeah, which I hate. Why? Why do you I, hate that? Uh, movies and food. You don't like movies about food? I, I, I'm I, not a foodie in the first place. So but I surely don't... there are movies of, that concerning food that made an impression on you. Well, <sighs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so for example, yes. back in the day, very far back in the day, HBO yes. was brand fucking new. Uh-huh. Okay, you remember? Yeah. You remember the brown remote that was wired to the television that you push the buttons and you could pick the upper level or yep. the lower level? Okay, you remember. Yes, I do. Okay, that. HBO. Okay. HBO has the rights to maybe six movies. Okay. And they play them every four hours. Okay. The same ones. Yes. Okay, one of those back in the day was about, it was a mystery and it was about a cake that was called the bomb. Okay. And it was a chocolate cake, and it was dome shaped, and and it was served at the end. Uh, was George Siegel in the film? I, uh, Patrick, I don't know. I was maybe eleven or twelve. It sounds like a movie called "Who Is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe." Oh my God, that may be it. Did they deal with the bomb cake? I believe so. Okay, that that. Okay, Robert Morley was in that. I, think I have Clinton no Jackson, Patrick. Maybe. I have no I idea. No, no, Jacqueline Bisset. She was in it. I I I wouldn't know. Okay. I haven't seen it since. I couldn't really come up with the title. Who is killing the great? Who is killing the great chefs of Europe? But the the thing with the cake is something that strikes me: a movies and food. Yes, that would be. So that was one. Okay. Who is killing the great chefs of Europe? Yes. That sounds like to me uh, the girl most likely to. Oh, Sucker Chatty. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Nobody knows about that movie. Oh, it's a good movie. When she makes that bit do backflips out of the window in the motel. Oh, that's I, great. I could just die. Uh, yeah, it is a very funny movie. Well, first on my list is the film Chocolat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You would, you, that sounds, okay. Did you ever see it? No. Juliette Binoche, Alfred Molina, Johnny Depp. Tell me the cinematographer. The answer is still no. I didn't see it. (laughs) It's a good movie from the year 2000. She plays, she opens a chocolatier business in this town. Okay. Right at the beginning of Lent. And, of course, the mayor, played by Alfred Molina, is having a hissy fit, saying you're tempting people to break Lent and stuff. And things ensue after that. She seduces him with chocolate. No. Okay. Um, (laughs) You don't have to guess at the rest of the plot. His wife uh, has a relationship with the woman after the woman seduces (laughs) her with chocolate. No, that does not happen in the movie. There is this seduction with the chocolate. Is chocolate used in a, as a seduction tactic, technique, prop? In uh, a manner of speaking, theme. yes. Okay, because I'm thinking if the movie is fucking called Chocolate, yes. Okay, then the chocolate has to be uh, a, a character. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it plays a key role in the film. And it, it's it's not. Is it about seduction? Is it use is is that the role it plays? Uh, Partly about that. Okay. You're being vague, thinking yes, I that am. you're avoiding spoilers. Well, there are people out there who I'm may want to watch, watch this movie. There are people out there who may want to watch the movie. Okay, and that's fine. And, and it's a good movie, and I would recommend it. But we could have a much better conversation if you would tell me where, what happened.
happened in the movie, what the chocolate means, what, uh, why we give a fuck. Uh, instead of saving spoiler alerts for me live right now in the room for a movie I am never going to see. Well, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay, whatever, dude. Whatever. What's number two on your list? Okay, so number two in a movie about food. Now, this is not a movie about food. This is a single scene. In a movie okay. where food was involved. Okay. Victor Victoria, her looking into the guy eating the cake, eating the dessert. Okay, so now she's this she's this out-of-work singer, actress, starving on the streets, and she she stumbles across this this restaurant for the bourgeoisie middle class, and there and she the camera focuses on this uh really, really fat guy, really, really fat, rich guy in like a tuxedo in this swank restaurant and he just is stuffing himself with cream filled and chocolate topped and bakery goods and thin crusty sort of th- uh, beautiful things and she's watching him as she's starving that I, I saw you write it down so I'm thinking you're going to sort of accept it because it, do I have much of a choice you really don't but that singular scene of food in a movie is Julie Andrews looking in, in, in well a, I can say that about scenes in other movies yeah, yeah, okay movies. but you picked the topic I'm doing the best yeah, I can well obviously that is the best you can do obviously because it was number two <laughs> There's three more. Think how bad this is going to get. Number two on my list is the 2009 film Julie and Julia. Uh, see, I knew you were going to go here. I didn't see the movie. You didn't see that? I didn't oh my see God, that movie. It's about about it. I for God's sake. Okay. Jeez. Good uh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really Meryl good Street. movie. With Meryl, Meryl Streep and Julia Amy Child. Adams in it, too. Yeah. Amy Meryl Streep and... Dot, Meryl Streep is great as Julia Child. Uh, She's ama- uh, just fantastic. Meryl Streep was great as... Sammy dot, Tucci's dot, in it as her husband. Sam, I love Sammy Tucci. Me, too. Stan loves Sammy yeah, Tucci. Yeah, nothing about that movie is unappealing to me. I never saw it. Oh, you definitely should watch it. No, probably never will. Ah, you're a dick. You know... What's next on your list? Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Oh, that's acceptable. That's about a chocolate factory or a candy factory. Yeah, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's all the best things in the world. As, as it relates to food. Are you referring to the original Gene Wilder yes. film? Not Always. The Johnny Depp remake? Never. Okay, good. <laughs> Glad to hear that at least. No, no, there's, you should have known that. You well, have... I know, but I had to make sure. I'm offended you didn't just assume that. Well, I did assume, but I want to make it clear to our listeners okay. uh, that we do not care for the inferior Johnny Depp remake. Okay, so did the three of you out there listening take that note? There's more. You got that? You got three? Okay. Uh, yeah. Willy Wonka? Yeah. Why not? Food. Yeah, food. Yeah, I love chocolate. Yeah. Okay. My next choice is the 2014 film The 100 Foot Journey. It starred Helen Mirren. Okay. And it's all about this Indian family that moves to France and opens an Indian restaurant across the street from this very swanky, like, five-star restaurant. Okay. by Helen Mirren. Okay. And hijinks ensue. Okay. Good movie, though. Really entertaining. Really funny. That. Funny hijinks. Funny, funny, dramatic. Okay. Mostly dramatic. Okay. But it's generally light. You know, it's not not come, too heavy. Eventually come around in the end? Eventually, yes. Okay, so it's, okay, I get it. Yes, there is a resolution. The two cultures yeah. interacting and dealing with each other and uh, maybe in the end helping each other. I don't know about that, but... Okay, well, I'm just guessing because you refuse to do spoiler alerts for reasons <laughs> unknown to the universe. <laughs> What's next on your list? Oh, Jesus, we're not done. Number four. Uh, There's number four for you. Okay, so so 
while I'm just living my life right now, do you, can you think of any movies about wine? Any movie that that ha- that's about wine or that happens in a winery or like a vineyard or some sort of wine-related... And if not... I would say no. We, okay. It doesn't qualify. All right, fuck you. That can be a whole other category for another time. Okay. Films uh, about alcohol. Uh, which, in which case, that takes my number four, which was Arthur. <laughs> So that's too easy. Okay, can I describe another scene? I might as well say the days of wine and roses, and for God's sake. Uh, Had I thought of it, that would have been number two. (laughs) Um, uh, Can I do another single scene? (laughs) Do we have a choice? No. What do you do? But it's going to get late for you. (laughs) What scene? Funny girl. She is with uh, Omar Sharif on the dock in Baltimore, and they're eating lobster, and it's she is clearly enjoying the lobster. You get when you say they're eating lobster on a dock. They're eating lobster. Do you mean, do you mean they're eating it in a restaurant? In a restaurant. Oh, in a restaurant. They're not sitting on the dock. And no, like, no, 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 no. It's they're tearing they're, apart this lobster themselves. Nikki Arns, according to the movie, Nikki Arnstein took Fanny to a restaurant that sat on the dock. Ah, in Baltimore. Okay, you okay. opened the restaurant part. It was the restaurant. Okay? okay, so so she's eating and loving these lobsters, and you get the impression that it's probably her first time eating lobsters like this. Okay, and the the guy who owns the place or runs the place, so the guy behind the counter, the guy in the white hat, the guy who looked like Mel, says, "Lady, should I put another one on? You're the first person in history to eat three. And she says, "Omar Sharif looks at her like, sort of, "Oh, Fanny, you're gonna eat three lobsters. Men haven't done such a thing." And she throws her napkin up in the air and leans back and says, "Boil the water." And then the two of them walk out onto the dock and he delivers bad news. But that is a food memory I have in a movie. Okay. It's her with the lobster, boil the water, and how much she enjoyed the lobster. Okay, that's a great, memorable, classic scene. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Number four on my list is the 2016 animated film Sausage Party. I love Sausage Party, and I don't think it was, I think it was like the late 80s. No, it wasn't. It was Seth Rogen, Christian Wiig, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader. I'm thinking about a different Sausage Party. Yeah. This is about food that's like anthropomorphize. No, I'm thinking Hot House videos. I'm not thinking... No, no, no this is right, not a horror film. Did Disney it's make this? What, what are we doing? I don't know if it was Disney, so but it was an animated, animated film. Yes. It was animated. Okay, yes. I think I saw this. It's about I, all this food that's being bought and stored, and they discover what happens to them when they're taken out and they don't return. Okay, so they're all... I, if I remember right, it's like perishables. Yeah, Cheese, vegetables, milk, fruits, fresh, exactly. yeah, stuff like that. Food stuff yeah. that are speaking to each other while they're hanging in the restaurant yes. while they're hanging in the grocery store yep. and somehow word gets back that when they take you when they pick you when you're chosen by these by these creatures by these big tall godlike creatures and you're taken away and they have assumed that it's into this life of glory. Yeah. And word gets back that, no, they're going to eat you. Yes. Well, they actually see what happens to some of their I think I compatriots. saw it. I think I Seth saw Seth Rogen it. was like, Seth Rogen was in it, and Jonah Hill. A movie called Sausage, uh, Sausage, Sausage Party. Party with Seth Rogen. I would have watched that. Right? Okay, so I'm, that's why I'm thinking I watched it. But it's not the Sausage Party that movie you that I remember. Yes, okay. this is not a porno film. Okay. So what's number five on your list? Are we up to five already? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh I know it goes quicker when you only name segments of films yeah. instead of entire films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because who needs to waste their time? <laughs> These people are busy. They're talking to the cop who pulled them over after they reacted to the fascism fucking sound cue. Wow. <laughs> 
Okay, five about food. I can't believe you came up with Who is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe. So I remember the movie. I remember seeing it quite a few times. This is why people should respect their elders. Damn right. We have were, good fucking memories. Yeah. Well, no. But that you well, would, some of us do. You would, yeah. About certain <laughs> things at certain times, how high is my blood sugar? Uh, yeah, okay. But not reliable. Like a young guy's erection. But I'm a good I'm good for film references. Yeah. I, I gotta say you impressed me with that one. Thank you. Okay. Who's Killing the Great Chefs of Europe? So what's your fifth and final choice? Movie about food. Yes. Or with food as a feature. Or even I can get away with a scene with food as a feature. Food. Okay. Okay. uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast? The the meal that leads to the song about the meal. Okay. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Whole fucking number. Huge. Okay. People dressed as forks. Knives come to life. Plates spin by you. It's this huge thing. Okay, I'll take it just so we can move on. Try this. the gray stuff. It's delicious. <laughs> Actual references to food. Not just high kicks and silver pants. Although the silver pants really look good on some of the boys. Some of the girls too. Oh my God. Thank God we're finally done with that. I got my last film now. It okay. came out last year. The Menu with Ralph Fiennes and Anya Taylor uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Did you see it? No, but I will tell you two things. Good movie. Was it? Yeah, what really was. It was. It's a good satire, good performances by Ralph Fiennes and uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Okay, especially so her. I really liked is, her. You just repeated the same thing, so I'm going to go back. Okay. His name? I always, when I see it, I always say Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Okay, I maybe I'm making confessions. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm going to die soon. I don't know. At least he didn't say it was Fiennes. No, it's Finesse. <laughs> it's Colin Finesse. Okay. And her name is a fucking chocolate bar. So all I could think of is that. And it happened to be one of my favorite chocolate bars, the coconut with the almonds covered in chocolate. It's... Uh, so Anya Taylor Almond Joy. Yeah, no, she is an Almond yeah, she That is an Almond Joy to me. Uh, sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. And when you say that name, I feel like a nut. Oh my God, you're killing me today. On the other hand, (laughs) I haven't felt a nut in... We're going to move on now, finally. Oh my God. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn Thank you, Clint. Yes, it's time for the Grumpy Old Gaming Gripe of the Week. What's your gripe this week, sir? Right now, it's that I can't remember the last time I... What was it we just said? It's the Gripe of the Week. No, no, no. Coming out of the last segment. I'm a couple of seconds behind tonight, clearly. I'm I'm taking... Really? I'm taking... Seconds or days? That depends on you. Um... The last topic we were talking about. Yes, five faves. Five faves. And the last thing, and the very last thing that led just out yes, of the... Yes, about Anya Taylor, Almond Joy. Almond... Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's legitimate. I remember that. And I'm sure... And that, Ralph Finesse. Ralph Fines. Ralph Finesse. Yes. And Almond Joy. I can't remember. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're now on to the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. So what happened was I, I am vaping nicotine. Okay. All right. And I, I have become okay with that. Okay. There's nothing. 
like I'm sure you know, you're two weeks in. Yes, I, yes, I'm um, in the process of trying to quit. And, and there is nothing quite like that first drag and feeling that the smoke spread out through your lungs and, and that fantastic first drag. There's nothing like that. And and vaping does not come close. See, I don't do vaping. Well, yeah, plus I don't do vaping because of all the other chemicals that are involved in it. I don't give a fuck. I don't need to be inhaling. I I inhale enough bad chemicals without inhaling. I'm saying, I guess, but it's not shit like tar and carbon monoxide. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's just, I'm addicted to the fucking nicotine. Okay. Okay. I'm saying. Okay. I'm addicted to the nicotine. So my current gripe is you don't get the same feeling from No, vaping. I know. That would have been good. I'm used to it now. Here's the thing. Uh, the, 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 uh, the delivery system I choose to use uh, is called Views. V-U-S-E. Okay. Okay. And it's very satisfactory, and it's not very expensive, and uh, so I, I'm satisfied. Then what happens is suddenly, so you buy these pods, okay, the, the liquid-filled uh, little things that fall, see, a little thing like that. Yes. That's a pod, and it's got the liquid in it, and that's the nicotine, and the top of it is the mouthpiece. Okay. And you just drop it into the battery at the top, and you don't have to press no buttons. There's nothing. You have to charge it. It tells you when to charge right. it. You charge it with your computer on okay. your on your. Okay, so sometimes the pods, for unknown reasons, stop working. Oh. Okay, now, they're not cigarettes, but they're expensive. Yes. Okay, so when I put a pod into one of my batteries, and I smoke it for hair, whatever, 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 it's okay, and then all of a sudden it stops working. Not halfway through, the fucking thing stops working. I'm not getting a drawer anymore. I move it to another battery. I'm not getting a drawer anymore. There's a, I take it out of the battery. I look at it. You can see the liquid in it. Okay. No, not halfway done. I'm not getting bupkis out of this fucking pot. Okay? It happens over and over and over and over and over again. Okay. Okay? Now, otherwise, the ease of use, the general satisfaction of the craving, the views is doing a great job. Okay, but it's the battery that you have a problem. No, the battery is almost perfect. It's the pods themselves. The 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 the, the, the uh uh inventory of of uh ca- not caffeine, nicotine. Okay. Okay. This is the thing I gotta buy every couple of days or every whatever. That thing sometimes stops working halfway through. Okay. The battery's fine trying to draw, but the fucking pot itself, okay? No. Be, do better. Do okay. better. That's all I'm saying. You hear that, fake makers? Hey, I, today, uh, this week, it just happened too many times. Each time I bought a pack, it seemed like one or two of the motherfuckers stopped working halfway through. First world. I'm charging my cigarettes with my computer with a, what do you call, B- USB cord. Complaining about the... Yeah. Yeah. First, okay. Yeah. You would be a horrible therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, really bad. Like, there's no empathy from you at all. Yes, I have plenty of empathy. No, no, you're an animal. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah. Serengeti-type hunting. <laughs> Go ahead. What's next? Wait for the baby Wait, to be born do with you a half a leg. Don't, 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 you attack on. don't you want to hear my gripe for the oh, week? Uh, sure. Oh, thank you. Being polite. Thank you. I'm very polite. I'm you. in your house and I have to pee, so... <laughs> I'm being polite. My gripe is related to the fact that I've been on this deposition from hell all week. Okay. It was two plaintiffs, two people injured in a car accident, and they both speak Spanish, so we need a Spanish interpreter. Does each one get their own interpreter? 
It's the same interpreter. Okay. Who pays for the interpreter? Uh, usually the first name defendant in the lawsuit. Okay. Because they're the ones who usually order the reporter and everything and set the deposition up. Well, in this case, there's about nine attorneys involved. Okay. Because there were, vary, because there were about six cars in total involved in this accident. So various occupants have been bringing lawsuits against yeah, yeah, vehicles yeah. and everything. So we did two of the plaintiffs this past week. We started, we did one on Monday and then today. And the one on Monday, to get through the whole thing, took about almost five hours just to do him. Okay. Today we spent over five hours on the second plaintiff, and we only covered liability. We didn't even cover his injuries yet. Okay. So, it's interesting. Yes. What you're saying. Me, studying and going to school to be a court reporter. Yes. You just say that. Oh, that's big bucks for me. I'm looking at this saying pages. Yep. Because court reporters get paid by the page, and the page has starts on line two. <laughs> and you know what? I don't mind when depositions go long if you're learning new stuff. But when you have attorneys come in, and they're usually younger ones who have no trial experience. So, like, like when I go into a deposition, I'm thinking about what's important to ask that would come up at trial. You do it right. But I do it the experienced attorney. Way, and here you know? comes these young whippersnappers young ones, trying to make and- a splash. And they come in and they just re-ask the same question you asked before. Right, this is on the record, Counselor. We got this already. Or they're asking about minutia. That's just not really important. Uh, It doesn't matter to the case. They're entitled to ask. It's not really that important. Why are they they asking that question? So it's been enough that's going on. And then you throw an interpreter in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, we spend five hours just on liability alone. And can I say, as a future court reporter, hopefully, that the interpreter is the most amazing thing because it slows things down. So, you got time now. Of course. It's, yeah, it helps the reporter. As a definitely. reporter, you have time and you could, like, smoke a cigarette. And, but, you know. but generally speaking, when I do a deposition by myself and I'm just deposing one plaintiff without an interpreter, it goes maybe about an hour and a half. With an interpreter, about two hours. Now, what are you talking about? If they go longer it's because they have more serious injuries or the accidents more common. You're talking about traffic accidents, slips yeah, and falls. exactly. You and I are going to come across each other in a <laughs> professional capacity. Because that's all I'm ever going to do. Of course. Some uh, of these guys... And I'll, and I'll turn to you and I'll say, are you keeping up, Mr. Gibbons? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll call you a cunt and get fired. Yeah, so that's my gripe about these long depositions that are not necessary. They don't have to be this long. I've observed something about the gripe. Okay. Between you and me. Yes. Your gripes are almost annoyingly personal. Okay. This happened to me this week, and, and it hasn't happened to anybody else, although it probably has. It probably has. I'm sure there But it's not like... And I tend to pick things like being poor sucks. Oh, I excuse me. Do you remember the whole long story at the theater with the vehicle being parked and that whole thing? Do you remember that whole long no story? no idea what the fuck you're talking about. You go back to some of our episodes and see some of the long stories that you told during your gripes. First of all... They're I'm, very personal. I would never do that. <laughs> I'm sure. thinking, I'm, it just occurred to me that maybe I'm thinking more like globally. Oh, our gripe should be more global. No, I'm just making an observation, Patrick. It's not a judgment. It's not a note. It's not something I'm going to see the producer about. It's just I'm saying I tend to pick more things that seem to affect pers- uh, humanity as a whole. Ah. And you're worried about Wednesday at 3 o'clock this fucking kid came on and started asking. 
questions I had answered to 20 minutes ago. That there was a difference between those two things in just their type. I would recommend that you go back and listen to some of your past gripes. Okay, I think we both and see know. how personal some of them are. I think we both know this. And then we'll go see happen. that the pot is calling the kettle beige here. Beige is so dull. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain things you can't put with beige. That's for sure. You know, like... Pink never looks good with beige. Yellow never looks... Uh, yeah. Beige. Beige. You're insulting. <laughs> Thank you. Mission accomplished. We now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. Are we still doing the podcast? Yes, we are, believe it or not. And unfortunately, Tommy will not be here next week. Would you why care, not? Would you care to explain why? Next week... I Oh, next week I won't be here because I am in a tech week with... Uh, the British farce. Yes, and what's the name of that farce? That farce is called Caught in the Net. That's a sequel to what farce? Which was called Run for Your Wife. And where is it playing at? It's playing at the Mains Studio Theater on Wellwood Avenue, South Wellwood Avenue. you got to be south of the train tracks, folks. Yep. The numbers start fresh again. They're only like five doors down from the track, so people get confused. And so, when yeah. does the show open? Uh, Friday. Ah, uh, a week from this coming Friday, so a week from the moment that people might be downloading this. The moment so that, that this is released. So that would be May 12th, then? No, it's May 19th. It opens on Friday. Oh, I'm sorry, May 19th. You're correct. Friday, May 19th. And then it runs for three weeks, and there's ten performances, and it's a very silly farce, and we were lucky enough to get the... What happened was last year, the farce happened, and people really, really liked it. Yes, they did. It was very good. Um, And it what, what happened was... A lot of people walked out of the theater, and you know David is is there at the intermissions, and he's there publicly. When the audience is in the lobby, David is in the lobby. Yeah, he's not in the theater the whole time, but David's in the lobby. And so when the people are exiting, they're saying, "Why don't you do more of this stuff?" And this is the stuff we really like. And wow, this was hilarious. Okay, so this is not the kind of humor David likes or enjoys. To him. Putting this musical in, uh, this this play in, right, is a business decision. People liked it. We're going to put it in. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't. Uh, you know what? That's so. That's where David's coming from. Okay. But as it stands, I I have the same a, a lot of the same people from the first one in the second one. Right. Anyway, the two leads, the two male leads, which is the cab driver who has two wives, right, and his friend. Yes. And together they conspire different ways to first, in the first show, conceal the, the women that he has two wives. Yes. And now in the, in the sequel, each wife, 18 years later, 16 years later. Okay. He still has both wives. They don't know about each other. Now each wife has a kid. Okay. A teenager. One a boy, one a girl. They meet online. Oh, no. And they decide that. She's going to have me over for tea. So the cab driver finds out about this. And, of course, this can't happen because now you're going to have children with three heads. Right. So uh, uh, he enlists, again, the friend, the, the help of his friend Stanley from upstairs. Cool. And uh, together they conspire how to keep the kids apart. Cool. Sounds uh, like fun. A hilarity ensues. Of course. Hijinks ensues. It's, again, one of those farces where the audience knows what's coming. They're told the information ahead of time. Yeah. So when the shit hits the fan, they know ahead of time, and, and that makes people laugh. Of course. So hopefully, uh, I and I think with the cast, and the uh, you know, they're awesome. They know what they're doing. Of course. I, I, 
I'm making sure they don't bump into furniture and that the sounds are at the right time. That's all you need let to do them, at this point. Let them work. It's going to be good. It's going to be funny, and I hope it does well. Well, we look forward to seeing it. Are you coming? Yeah, it's probably not opening weekend, but the weekend after. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, of course we're going to come. Why wouldn't we come? Well, well, sometimes I come to see all your shows. And I don't see yours because I'm working the same time. I know. So that's always a thing for me. But, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully it's funny. Oh, my God. I, I hope so, funny. too. It's almost sold out the first Sunday. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see. Cool. The last one was in August. Now it's May. All right. How much does climate have to do with what people go to see? Who the hell knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's a whole separate thing. When do people go, wow, where do they go? Is it sunny? Is it rainy? Over how many years? Three years, five years, ten years? We're going to compare the same date and see. Well, on May 10th, they didn't come out, but it was rainy in 2013, 2014. I, I don't know, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. What do I know? I don't know. Anyway, we want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast. Yay. Yay. What the fuck did you do? I'm not sure. He brought in the donuts that you brought earlier. Which, I got to tell you, deserves a credit. Yes. An on-screen credit. <laughs> yes. Okay. And we want to remind you that you can find all of our episodes, plus our bonus material, at www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. Also? <clears throat> also. No, go ahead. You finish. Also, you can follow us on our daily postings on Facebook and on Twitter. Anything else you'd like to add, Tommy? Lebitiqua. Libidiqua. Remember I that word. Libidiqua. Libidiqua. I think, it, I think it, it's perfect, and and we need general usage. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The, the, the alphabet is annoying. I hate the word queer. Okay. Okay? I heard that word too yeah, many like times before physical impact to ever find a way to enjoy or identify with that word. I don't like that word. Okay. Libidiqua. <clears throat> Is it Ligbitiquai? Ligbitiquai. And this is the thing. Uh, There are different ways to pronounce it, mate. But we're all going to understand each other. Because it comes from the same root. Now, is it L-G-B-T-Q-I-A? Sure. That's how you get the qua. So why would it... uh, Oh, but I think it would would be Libitiquai. Yeah, but that's too pretentious for most of the gays. (laughs) So the I is silent. Libitiquai. Libitiquai. It's the right amount of syllables. It ends with the right feeling in the mouth. Libitiquai. <laughs> you know, it's too much on the roof of the mouth. It's it's too uncomfortable. Libitiquai. 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 Yeah, no. Libitiquai. And on that note, we're going to tell all you Libitiquai and others who are listening to have a good night. You just pluralize it. Have a good week. Have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.